Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Goodbye baseball, a walk-off winner for Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line, drive, this game is over! Goodbye baseball, Mitch Hattiger ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey, welcome back, Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Thanks for being here. Great to have you. Hope you had a great weekend. Mariners had a nice weekend, two of three in Oakland. And that ends what ended up being a pretty nice trip for the Mariners, taking two of three from the A's. They started the trip by taking two of three from the Angels. They lost the series in Minnesota, went one and two there. But all in all, a winning road trip for the Mariners. They return home facing the Royals tonight for three, Baltimore for four. So this week at home. It's great to be home. Seemed like a a long, long trip. So we have a lot to get to in this podcast. We'll talk about the weekend that was for the Mariners in Oakland. We'll also hear from Justin Dunn. Very interesting conversation. And with yesterday being Father's Day, James Clifford, Mariners strength and conditioning coach, Rick Riz had a chance to sit down with him and talk about Father's Day. And that is something you do not want to miss. So this series got going on Friday, and the Mariners, they broke out the sticks. A really nice offensive day for the Mariners. And, of course, they welcome back J.P. Crawford as well, which was great to see. And he had a very nice weekend. Here's the pin swung on on a hop, and it gets on by the first baseman, Olsen. Down the right field line, Vogelback will score. Narvaez running third. He will score. The throw to second by Pinder, not in time to get Crawford. Beckham around to third. Two runs are in on a double by J.P. Crawford. He had a seed on the ground to the left of Olsen at first. And the Mariners now lead the A's 3-2 to two here in the top half of the fourth. And they kept adding on to that lead. The 2-0 to Narvaez. Swing blasted high, deep out to right field. This is way, way back and gone for a home run. A new career best 10 home run season for Omar Narvaez, who plugs this over the fence in right field and comes with two outs and a man aboard at the top of the seventh. Now the Mariners opening this one up a little bit. They lead it 6-2 to two against the A's. 9-2 would be the win for the Mariners. A's return the favor on Saturday, an 11-2 win. But then yesterday, just a, a really nice, complete game for the Mariners. One, Mike Leake pitched very, very well in the ball game. 
The 0-1. Swing broken bat. Soft little pop-up. This is floating fair behind the bag at first base in shallow right field. Dylan Moore has it there to make the catch for out number three. Profar is stranded at third base. Seven strong innings completed today for Mike Leake. Three runs allowed as Leake goes into the seventh for the fifth consecutive start. Yeah, seven innings, just two earned runs, pitching very, very, very well. As he gave the Mariners certainly a chance to win this one, but it took a four spot in the eighth inning for the Mariners to take control. The pitch, the Seager, swung on, line drive, base hit fair down the right field line. Here comes Crawford, Santana rounding third, he will score. Around to third goes Vogie, Kyle Seager in at second with a two-run double. The Mariners have the lead, 4-3 to three over the A's. Kyle Seager with a two-run shot down the right field line. Canna gets the throw in. Crawford and Santana score easily, and the Mariners have the lead by a run. Yep, fourth spot in the eighth inning. They surpassed the A's. They hold on for the win. They get a series win and back home today. Let's hear from Scott Service after the game. Well, you wouldn't have had the game won without the offense and the eighth, but neither without the effort of Mike Lee tonight. Uh, Mike has really been uh, on point the last four times out now. It's just been uh, really fun to watch him pitch. No walks today, uh, commanding his stuff. You know, a couple long balls, but he does what Mike Lee does. He just keeps going out there grinding and, and uh, keeping us in the ball game and getting through seven innings today was really big. What is the key for the last four starts, the consistent part? Um, well, the command, you know, Mike's you know, he's moving the ball to both sides of the plate, like he always does, but the command has really been good. And, you know, he elevates when he needs to, and he's typically a sinker ball pitcher. But, uh, again, he's a really good competitor, and, you know, kept them right there until our offense got on track there in the beginning. Had some good at-bats, you know, some walks, key hit by Seager. Uh, just up and down the lineup in that inning, a lot of good at-bats. Alex hitting a home run, getting it on the board early. What's gotten into him? Yeah, Malik's is Malik. I mean, we don't really know what you're going to get every day. <laughs> I think that's just being honest. Uh, there'll be games where, you know, he's slapping at the left field. There's games where now he's, he's pulling the ball in the air. Um, you know, it was a big hit to get us right back, you know, after we got down two to get right back in the ball game again. So, again, you know, everybody's contributing, uh, especially in that eighth inning. That was nice to see us put a rally like that together. And to get something from the bullpen that maybe boosts their confidence and preserves them. Yeah, boost all of our confidence, not just the bullpens, but mind as well. Um, Austin Adams does have strikeout stuff, and, and he was able to to put some guys away and then finish hitters off today with the strikeout, which was huge in that inning. And uh, Elliott threw the ball really nice in the ninth inning as well. It's got the getaway game at home was a 14-inning game where you guys played well, but this road trip seems like offensively starting pitching. And maybe we'll put some things together. What do you feel better about them? Uh, I think, you know, our team, certainly there's, you know, we've, we've moved on from a few veteran players, so giving opportunity to young guys, but also more importantly, the team kind of starting to realize, okay, this is our team now going forward. Um, so uh, I think, you know, coming out here uh, and having a winning road trip is a good sign. Uh, we go back home. Hopefully we can keep the momentum going there. But uh, it's nice to see this, this team starting to come together. And it wasn't that way. Certainly we had a rough May. But I think as things settle down here with our roster, hopefully we play a little bit better together. Yeah, Mike, Mike's had a history that throughout his, his career that he can get on a, a really good roll, and, and that's what we're seeing right now, which is fun to watch. Yeah, and I heard Scott Service allude to that. Edwin Encarnacion traded over the weekend. We'll talk more about that as we move through this week. You mentioned Malik Smith as well. You look back now, the last 20 games for Malik's, you know, batting 
over 300 in that stretch with nearly a 360 on base percentage, five doubles, three homers. I mean, that's 95 plate appearances. So that's a nice stretch for Malik Smith at the plate, and he contributed to the win yesterday for sure. So Mariners take two of three. Royals tonight, 7-10. Royals tomorrow, 7-10. And then day baseball coming up, game three of the series on Wednesday. So right now we're going to hear from Justin Dunn, one of the top prospects in the Mariners system, having a very nice season at Arkansas. Well, Justin, it is great to talk with you. So tell us overall, how's this year gone for you? It's been going well. I mean, numbers-wise, I'm not – too happy you know there's a couple things i'd like to get down a couple things i'd like to get up but um starting to get better starting to the stuff starting to come around so i'm happy with where i've been as of late how has your transition been i know you were a reliever quite a bit in college and now starting the last couple years in the minors how has the transition been to a starter do you feel like a starter at this point yeah i mean i I was a starter all my life before college Mm -hmm. um and the only reason i didn't really start the first couple years were because my team had a need in the back end of the bullpen. Um, and I just love to win and, and love to pitch. So wherever I was needed, I was happy to be. Um, but it definitely is a little bit of a learning curve and more how to deal with this volume of innings and starts. Um, so that's kind of what I'm dealing with right now. But I feel like every year I'm getting better and understanding my body and, and what I need to do to, to get better each year and get better each start. How has the transition been to the Mariners system? It's been good. I mean, all the guys are, are welcoming and, and uh, easy to talk to, and, and they're awesome. I mean, the staff's awesome. They're very welcoming from top to bottom. So that was always a beautiful thing to see when you get in and have those first eight nerves um, from day one of camp. But everybody's been great, learning the way they like to do things, and each day feels like it's getting better and better. So you're talking to a lot of Mariner fans here who are very interested in how you're doing. They haven't had a chance, okay. many of them haven't had a chance to see you pitch. How would you describe yourself as a pitcher to fans that have not seen you? I'm a competitor, uber competitor. I play with some passion and a little bit of flair. I I hate losing more than I love to win. So every time I touch the ball, I'm going 100%. And uh, I like to be known as the guy that, that when I touch the ball, uh, we're either going to win every game or, or have a chance to do it. Um, and I take a lot of pride in that and giving my team a chance to win every night. Sometimes I throw hard, I guess. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I know how to pitch, and, and I like to mix speeds and move the ball around. In your opinion, what's your best pitch? Um, I think I have four pretty good pitches, solid all-around. Fastball-slider combo when it's on is, is a lot of fun for me. But I could potentially have two to three weapons on any any given night which is always a good thing. Now, your competitiveness, does that stay on the field? Does that translate when you're playing checkers or anything else, or does it always stay on the diamond? Oh, no. No, no, no. It's in life. Um, I hate to, like, my girlfriend doesn't like to do things with me. Me and my brother get in a lot of fights um, because even though he's little brother and he's better than me at some things, I have to make sure I win everything. Um, But, no, it's everywhere. That's great. So, in terms of your improvement, what are kind of your focuses right now as you go through this season? What do you want to see yourself get better at? Consistency is number one. I mean, um, I was fortunate enough to watch Jacob DeGrom a lot last year and watch him closely. And being in that organization, he was a guy I looked up to. One of the things he said last year that, that changed things around from him was he always was very close to having that dominant year. The thing he was missing was the ability to minimize the um, – 
the small miscues that threw him off and whether it be that one inning or the one game and realizing where things are going wrong and being able to correct it on the fly. So that's one thing that I'm really trying to learn is how to have that outing where I don't have my best stuff and I technically should get knocked out of the game in the third or fourth, but find a way to piece it together and get to the fifth or the sixth and save the bullpen and give my team a chance to win and try to be the same guy every time I go out and touch the mound and have Scott give me the ball and, and know pretty much what he's going to get every time out. Now you mentioned DeGrom. Who are some of the other people that have helped you get to where you are right now? I mean, Woody's been awesome. Woody's, Woody's been working with me a lot. My pitching coach from back home, um, his name's Glenn, Glenn Mitchell. Um, and I grew up a lot watching Felix and Pedro and Mariano and, man, Jose Fernandez. I just I love watching good pitchers. So um, I take a lot of things from a lot of different people and, and try to implement them into my own game. Now, you mentioned your time at Boston College. You were drafted out of high school how much do you think your time in college helped shape you and get you to where you are today? Oh, college was everything for me. Um, mm. That's where I really developed and really grew into a mature person. Things kind of clicked both on the field and off the field mentally. I mean, if I would have signed out of high school, I probably would have gotten released because I was mentally immature and, mm. and not ready to go play with, with adults and play with grown men. Um, and I wouldn't have understood how to work and, and be a professional. So that was definitely the first thing that college taught me. And then, Obviously, how to handle myself off the field and, and be about business and, and treating my body right and all those other little nuances that come with it. And we saw you in spring, obviously. What do you take from that experience from uh, spring training with the Mariners? It was great. I mean, first spring, I, I think I did pretty good for my first time out, getting to be in a locker room with a lot of guys that I look up to, you know, like Felix, like D, um, like Kyle Seeger, and, and be in a locker room and learn – how to be a big leaguer from them and, and watch younger guys like Marco and see what he does in his routine that makes him so special and, and so dominant and so consistent was really big for me and one of the, the big lessons that I personally wanted to take away from being in my first camp. So when you were in the backyard as a kid pretending to be a major leaguer, who were your heroes? Who were the guys you looked up to? I was taking Derek Jeter's job for my entire <laughs> life. That's, that's all I wanted to do. Um, that was my goal. Sometimes still think I can do it um, and mess around with, with a lot of people um, about playing ground, taking ground ball and stuff. But Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, like I said, Felix. I loved Felix coming up. But that all kind of changed as I got to high school and I started throwing a little bit harder and I could see myself on that field with people like that. And I less became a fan of people and more a student of the game and just started to learn. I've heard you've always been destined to be a pitcher, and it started with, what, a dunk tank when you were six years old? Uh, you heard that story, yes, sir. Yeah, tell us yes, about that. That's, uh, so that's my mother's favorite story to tell at any family gathering or anybody who asks about me playing baseball. Uh, we were at Dave and Buster's. I don't even know what we were doing there, but uh, I guess there was a dunk tank going on and a uh, crowd of people, and this lady was really dry and I tugged on my uncle's leg and basically said, can I try? And people kind of, I, I don't really remember exactly, but from what I remember or what I was told, people started laughing and didn't really think I could do it. And I got up and drilled the first one. <laughs> and my dad heard the commotion. And of course he came over and he saw it was me throwing it. And I proceeded to hit the second one and the third one. And, Dumped the whole tank, and the lady stopped. She she didn't go for the rest of the day. She didn't want to get dumped anymore. 
was dry all day until the little six-year-old me came up and dunked her three in a row. Oh, that's fantastic. So there is so much information these days as a pitcher that you have access to. How into the analytics are you? More, I'm, be, I'm getting more into it every day being here and, and learning from Woody. Um, it's one of the first times I've had a pitching coach who's understood it and able to break it down to me mm. and make it easier for me to understand. So I'm getting more and more into it. I'm more into video. I like to see things. I'm a very visual learner. I have been that way my whole life. Mm. So I like to watch lineups a lot before I play them and, and find their holes and find their weaknesses. Are you mostly looking at you or mostly looking at other teams? Other teams. Like, I mean, we're playing Corpus Christi right now, and I went back and watched them about three days ago and picked up who swings early in the count, who swings late in the count, what pitches they hit, what pitches they don't hit, where they're try to find where their holes are in their swings, and just little things like that. Well, Justin, this has been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time. We'll continue to watch you from afar, and can't wait to see you in person. Thanks a lot for the time. Thank you. appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And here it is, Rick Riz with James Clifford. Mariners strength and conditioning coach James Clifford has been a part of this Mariners organization for almost 30 years, a player in the minor league system for about seven seasons, and uh, involved with uh, every player that comes up through the organization. Kid from the Northwest, went to Ingram High School, started at the University of Washington, baseball and especially football, part of uh, Don James's national championship team in 1991. I hope it covered everything. But James, number one, first and foremost, happy Father's Day on this Sunday afternoon from the Oakland Coliseum. What does Father's Day mean for you? Well, it's interesting. In this game, uh, I mean, Father's Day means a lot. It's a little different than, uh, I guess, I don't want to say everybody else in the world, but uh, it, it it's a it's an interesting time of year. I mean, we're, it's in season, of course. We're away from our families. I have three wonderful daughters, actually, back in Peoria, Arizona right now. And uh, uh, most of the time, we're not there for Father's Day. Yeah. Um, we're doing, you know, we're out there trying to make a living, doing things to try to support our families. And uh, it is, uh, it's an it's it's just a different type of thing you know I was you know luckily enough growing up that I, I mean I had an amazing father myself and uh it, it, it having a father who loves you and is there day in and day out you know, makes just makes things just a little bit easier you're a wonderful father to Kaylin Kennedy and Kinley yep. your dad uh, Edward Clifford uh, this is bittersweet for you passed away uh, last season what are some of your fondest memories of your dad growing up in Seattle? I, I would say, really, you know, when I was playing football at University of Washington, I I, uh, I had a, a just being there, being local, growing up in the Northwest. Um, other than than maybe some of the other guys from other parts of the country that came to Washington, I, you know, my family was there. Uh, my dad, uh, there wasn't a wasn't a game he missed, a Homer Road, and and. He would uh, ensure that, you know, I always got what I needed. I, I, I didn't get what I wanted all the time. But he made Sometimes that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. But he ensured I got what I needed. And uh, to be able to see him after games on a, on a, a, a rainy Saturday uh, at UW and, and, and walk out, you know, after we're showered up and, and, and in most times a victory for sure, those times of years. <laughs> and to see my dad there in his uh, husky coat and his uh, – you know, husky hat on, and and you know, said Clifford on the back, number fifty three on his hat, and just to see him glowing and proud. 
I tell you what, you must have kept him busy between football and baseball yeah. in high school uh, playing for the Ingram Rams. Uh, did he get a chance to see you quite a bit playing baseball? Uh, yeah, of course. You know, that's one thing. When I played baseball at UW, I mean, of course, at Ingram, and he's always there, you know, in all of my high school games growing up, taking me everywhere, you know, over to eastern Washington, tournaments up in Canada, different things like that. But one of the amazing things was when I played uh, baseball at Washington, uh, I had to do spring football at the same time. So Coach James said, hey, yeah, you can, go play, you can play baseball this year. It was after the national championship year. But he said, you're going to have to go through spring football also. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Well, the way that worked out is on Saturdays, if we're, if we're on the road, like the, say the baseball team was playing on the road, we had a scrimmage every Saturday during spring. So uh, I would uh, go to the first part of the scrimmage. Ones normally went first in the scrimmage, and then it went twos, threes, fours. So I would go about the you know, warm-ups first. 40 minutes of the, of the scrimmage uh and then i would just jump run in shower up and my father would wherever we were at wherever we were playing we'd either fly on our own my dad would fly me there you know we'd really? go together or we'd drive if it was close or we'd just go out of tubby graves and and then i'd, I'd play the baseball game that at the second half of the double header and then i'd play sunday and then come back with the team and uh my dad really helped you know make that possible and uh you know this is a first for me um, this is my first Father's Day without my father. It's, uh, you know, there's many firsts, whether it be, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, things like that. And, uh, I really, I had opportunity to spend a lot of time with him before he went, uh, this, this last, uh, last fall. And, uh, I just wish I, I just had one more chance to just give him a hug and tell him thanks for everything. Best advice he ever gave you as a dad? Just be a good person. Um, I've said a lot in interviews lately. I, I, I think whether uh, if, when you're a good person, you you, you just put others first. Um, you take things that uh, that haven't gone your way, or people have slighted you, or treated you a certain way, and you don't let that affect you. And you you you, you turn it and, and make it a, a positive, and, and and just don't follow that path where you put that on somebody else. And I think that's probably. Uh, you know, one of the most powerful things my, my, my father gave me. Well, I'll tell you what, right now he's real proud of you, buddy. Uh, you looked up to everything that he taught you. Uh, it's great knowing you all these years. And I tell you what, this is very special Father's Day, and I appreciate you sharing your, your thoughts about your dad here on a very special day during the year. Thank you so much, buddy.